Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Lord have mercy. Did did y'all catch all that? We got it, right? Whether you wanted it or not, you got it. I don't know who gave him a microphone. Amen. But I tell you one thing, I love his heart. I love his passion. Amen. We, we get a good laugh uh, from Zach because of his humor and his personality. But the one thing I know that he is serious about the things of the Lord. And so there are men praying Wednesday mornings. Um, so... And I, I love when uh, uh, when God gives you a, a vision, but he, then he fulfills the vision. Amen. So I remember having this vision of men praying. Um, and I shared that a couple of years ago with the congregation. And I, I just saw men just interceding, just praying uh, for for their homes. And, and then, then you saw change to, uh, happen. Uh, communities were changed. Not just their household, but uh, the com- communities were, were changed. So, um, so as Zach was just sharing, just encouraging the men to just come out on Wednesday mornings at, at 7 a.m., um, you know, to, to join us during prayer. Some wonderful, wonderful things are happening here. Amen? You excited about that? How many excited about what the Lord is doing in your life? Yeah. All right, so I, all right, this side. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I love this this side. This side is a, uh, awake right now, so I'm going to preach from over here. Yeah, hallelujah. Amen. So if I can just ha- have you stand with me one more time. Come on, God is good. He is faithful, isn't he? Come on, you, gotta, you, you have to believe that. He is, he is faithful all the time. Even when we don't understand what's going on in our lives, he is, he is faithful. He knows, he knows exactly what he's doing. He'll never forget you. He sees you. He loves you. He's not too busy for you. Amen. He knows he's orchestrating things in your life right now. He's maneuvering things in your life right now. Every one of us. He thinks about every one of us, every day, every moment, every second, every minute of the day. He's watching us now. Amen. God is a good God. It's not too many words, as Edie was saying during worship, it's not too many words that we can describe God. It's not too many words that we we can use to, to really explain to who he is. But he's just a good God. He don't. He doesn't care about your past. He, all the mistakes that you've made. So I, I'm done with that. Let's 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 move forward because I know about your future. Hmm. He is a good God. He is good. Like we got. We have to know that. He is just a good God. He is faithful. He is faithful. Even when we're not, he is still faithful. Hallelujah. Did I come to the right church this morning? 
It's okay. So hopefully by the end, if you don't believe that, hopefully by the end of the service, you will. I definitely came to the right place. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be reading out of Luke 8. So turn there. Let us read Luke 8. I'm going to start in verse 26. And it says, Then they sailed to the country of, of the um, Gardenese, which is the opposite of Galilee. And when they stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house but in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you? Jesus, son of the most high God, I beg you, do not torment me, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it often seized him, and he, he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and with, uh, w was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Verse 30, Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name. And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And, and, then, and then they begged him that they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, so he begged him that he would, would permit them to enter there. And he permitted them. The, then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and, he, and the herd violently down the, the steep place into the lake and drowned. Verse 34, then when those who fed them saw what happened, they fled and told it to the city in the country, and then they went out to see what happened and came to Jesus and found the man from the demons and he departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, mm. clothed with his right mind. And they were afraid. And they were afraid. And they were afraid. And they were afraid. And then they also had seen it and told by what, what it means that he had been demon-possessed, was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of Gadonius, asked him to depart from them, and they were seized with great fear, and they got into the boat and returned. And returned. We're going to stop right there. So I'm going to talk to you today about take authority. God wants us to take authority. Somebody say take authority. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say what you Come on, say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Take authority. Hallelujah. Let us pray this morning. Father, we just welcome you in this place. We are thankful that you are in this place, Lord God. And, and we are here, Lord God. We are present in your presence this morning, Lord God. And we are, we are here, Lord, to receive whatever you have for us. Thank you for being such a good God, Lord God. Thank you for being our Father. We just thank you, Lord God. 
have your way in this place this morning, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be a part of your plan, Lord God. We know that whenever you show up, Lord God, change is going to take place today, Lord God. So we are excited, Lord God, because here at Calvary Life, we don't do regular church, Lord God. We want to see you move, Lord God. We don't want to leave here the same, Lord God. No matter what season that we're all in, Lord God, we want change, Lord God. We want transformation, Lord God. We want to see healing in this place, Lord God. We want to see breakthrough in this place, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God. We don't want regular church, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for calling me as your, as your vessel today, Lord God. Thank you for this opportunity to minister your word, Lord God. So think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords today, Lord God. Have your way in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give them a shout in this place. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may continue to stand for the rest of the service. <laughs> so we're going to start a little mini series called Take Authority. Uh, so this is this is part one. We're going to we're going to talk about this for the next few weeks. Uh, minister next week. Then, and then my wife will will close out the, the series after after that. So take authority. That's what God called us to do, is to take authority, spiritual authority. So I love to read. I love to read the Bible. It's important that we read the Bible. But I love the Old Testament. I mean, the Old Testament is, is a little crazy. It's like people in the Old Testament are really, really crazy, right? You just see it's a lot of battles in the Old Testament. Right. A lot a lot of people just, you know, uh, just doing crazy things in the Old Testament. I love reading the, the Old Testament because it's usually uh, a, a, a fight for territory. It's usually a fight for territory when you read the Old Testament, about how God used uh, people in the, in the Bible to, and they send them to places to affect change. So it's usually a fight. Over, over territory. See, you, you may have territory and you don't even know it. Last week, we talked about Jabez, Jabez, how he asked God to enlarge his territory. See, we all have territory, and sometimes some of us don't know the, uh, the territories that, that we have, right? Your territory can be your destiny, right? So your, your territory can be your destiny. Right. So your territory is wherever God sends you to affect change. That's your territory. Wherever God sends you to affect change, that's your territory. So when God gives you a territory, he also gives you authority to affect change. So wherever God sends you, he give you authority over that territory. You going with me so far? So the definition of spiritual authority is the right and responsibility that's delegated to believers to act on the behalf of God. So we are all given that delegated authority to act on the behalf of God. We're given that spiritual authority to affect change wherever we go. Amen? Come on, I like a talk back church. Come on. 
Act like you're loving this so far. I, I said, I know you just started, Pastor, but I'm loving the word already because God's given me that spiritual authority to bring about change. But you got to be serious with that authority. Amen. You have to know that you have it. You have to know that you have spiritual authority. Right. Because spiritual authority determines how you live life. It, right. It determines how you live life. Amen. If it, it, depending on if you are victorious or defeated. Right. So you can walk through life victorious or you can walk through life defeated. Amen. So you 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 have to know. Right. You have to know that you are a child of God. So your spiritual authority determines how you live. Right? Because sometimes we get stuck in life because we don't think that we have the victory over anything, everything that we go through. Right? God wants us to live a victorious life, but some of us walk through life defeated. So it determines how you live. It determines, like, what do you see? Right? Because sometimes we have a shaded view of what God has to offer us. Because God looks at us as victorious. Right? Because he looks, he looks at himself. When he sees you, he sees himself. Because we are created in his own image. So when he looks at you, he sees himself. But what do you see? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Right? So the reason why some people don't experience the manifestation of God's power in their life is because of what they see. Because some, of, some people don't see themselves as a child of God. So whatever you see will determine the authority you, authority you receive. Oh, let me say that a little cleaner. Whatever you see will determine the authority you, re you receive. You going with me so far? So what do, what do you see? What do you see when you look at yourself in the mirror? Right? So when it comes to walking through life, what do you see in the mirror? When it comes to making known the desires of God's uh, place within you and the calling placed upon you, what attitude do you have? So spiritual authority is an attitude. Spiritual authority is a position. Spiritual authority is, a, is an identity. Knowing that, knowing that I am a child of God and I'm seated, my position, I'm seated next to Christ. Yeah. Right? So now I have, a, have that attitude that I have, I have authority over any place that God sends me. I have that spiritual authority wherever God sends me. Come on, isn't that, isn't that powerful? God's given us that spiritual authority to affect change. So in this, in this text, right, Jesus teaches us how to walk in spiritual authority. As a matter of fact, in this whole, whole chapter, when we, when, if you notice that there's a, there's a storm, there's a man and there's a territory. It's a storm, there's a man, 
into the territory. Right? So uh, if you read uh, at the beginning of this chapter, it talks about how Jesus, well, with the disciples, he just finished uh, um, performing some miracles. And then he told the disciples to, uh, they said, let's cross to the other side. Let's cross to the other side. And so they did. They got, they got in a boat, and all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, they ran into a storm. And then we know what happened. Jesus uh, rebuked the storm. Uh, but, I mean, the storm was like crazy to the disciples because based on their reaction, I mean, that, I mean, that storm must have been like really, really crazy. The wind just blowing, just strong, just blowing, blowing them like, like crazy. And, and Jesus was in the boat. He was just relaxed by how they were just, the disciples were just panicking. They couldn't believe that Jesus was in the boat just, just relaxing and just like, come on, dudes, like you got you to gotta save us. There's a crazy storm going out there, you know. So it was, it was a huge storm and the disciples didn't know how to handle it, but Jesus uh, shows us how to take authority over the storm. Mm. See, when God tells you to cross to the other side, there's a new assignment that God has for you in a new territory. See, there will always be a storm before the territory. There, there will always be a storm before the territory. <laughs> right? You, you know, so any time, so it's, it's, so when we, if we stay on the same side, right, we're, we're fine. But as immediate, as soon as we decide to go to the other side, what God tells us to go, right, then we, uh, all hell break loose. We, we run into a storm. But I just want to tell you that the storm was set before you even got in the boat. Right. Because the enemy does not want us to go to the other side. See, some some believers are comfortable staying on one side. Or staying in the same season. Some of us get stuck in the same season. But God is calling some people to the other side because there's a new assignment. There's a new territory that he wants to send you to affect change. See, some of us don't like change, right? It's okay. You don't have to like it. Just obey it. Because, God, if you are really serious about serving the Lord, obeying God's command, God will always send you to a new place to affect change. There will always be change in your life. If you're ready or not, it doesn't matter. It's going to come. Something in your life is going to change. If you are serious about the things of the Lord, if you want God to move in your life, something is going to change. Amen? As soon as we get comfortable where we are, God's saying, no, hey, let's cross to the other side. This transition happening right now. See, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. When he tells you to cross to the other side, he's got a plan. He's got a new assignment for you. He's got a new assignment. There's something new he wants to do in your life. It's something more powerful. He wants to use you for something bigger than where, where you are now. It's a new assignment. God is telling some people here today, hey, let's cross to the other side. Let's cross to the other side. You, we've been here long enough. Let's cross 
to the other side. I can see it now. I can see people crossing to the other side right now. I can see folks making that transition right now. I can tell because some people right now are uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. I see a lot of people like this. Right? That's what the disciples, they were very uncomfortable. It was a huge storm going on. So, oh my goodness, Jesus, what's happening? Just, I mean, the wind is just blowing strong. It's just, oh my goodness, what is, what is happening? That just sounds like my life right now. It sounds like my life right now. I'm in that boat with the disciples. But thank God Jesus is in there with me. He is in there with me. He's in there with me. You know, it takes courage to go to the other side. It don't feel good, but it takes courage to go to the other side. It takes obedience to go to the other side. God's got a new plan, a new assignment for you. He's saying, hey, let's cross to the other side. Let's cross to the other side. I'm going to show you something better. Those gifts that you have that I've given you, oh, yeah, you're going to start using those things. Let's cross to the other side. Let's cross. I believe that this church, Calvary Life, God is calling this church to cross to the other side. Yes, we're going to cross to the other side. Something greater is about to take place, right? We're going to see God's power manifest in our services, in our outreaches, right? God's, we're going to see God's hand all over this church. God is calling and saying, Calvary life, let's cross to the other side. But you got to get ready for the storm. But you got to get ready for the storm. Because the storm comes before the territory. See, there's a territory God's assigned us to. But you got to get ready for the storm. You got to get ready for the storm. Amen. Make sure you're in the, in the boat with Pastor Bob so he can pray for you. So Pastor Bob, please pray. I don't know what's going on, but it's just, just wavy up in here, right? It don't feel a lot of turbulence, right? Amen. Just, just make sure you get ready for the storm. But you know, our faith should be like the wind. Our faith should be like the wind. You know how the wind is, especially in Texas, the wind is crazy here in Texas, right? Oh, my goodness. Like, it is, it's not regular. It's just like, it's like strong for like no reason. Just a regular day. It could be a regular day. And they don't like warn you. They, they give you like five minutes warning, right? Especially in the summertime, right? The five minute warning. So, oh yeah, I forgot to tell y'all, tornado's about to come. <laughs> like they don't, I mean, you got to at least tell me that five minutes ago. It's like, oh my goodness. But the wind is like crazy. It's not, I mean, it's just like, it's like really nuts, right? It just blows everything away. Like, all, I look at my backyard, it's like, what happened to my backyard? <laughs> it was just a sunny, regular day. All of a sudden, my stuff is all over the place in the, in the, in the backyard. You know, animals blowing around. I, I see everything in my pool. Like, I, I see everything in my pool. Like, animals, um, just all type of trash, everything. The neighbor stuff, lawn stuff. It's like the wind is just berserk. But you know, our faith should be just like the wind, yeah. right? Driven by the potency of God's word. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Driven by the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
sweep, sweep past obstacles and hindrances. That's what our faith should be like, clearing debris, like, like fear and doubts, right, and unbelief. Our faith, right, should take authority over every circumstance and, and that threaten and to impede our promises. Amen. That's what our faith should be like, right? Just blowing, blowing away just fear and doubt. Our faith should stand, stand on the promises of God, God's word. God wants us to take authority. Take authority over the storms of life. Amen. Because the storm's going to come. It will come before the territory. But you got to take authority over the storm. Amen. Because it's practice. Taking authority is practice so you can take authority over your territory. So you practice with the storms. You practice on the way to the territory. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't know. Maybe some of you might, might catch up a little bit later, but I think, I think this is powerful. We have to learn to take authority. God gives us authority. He wants us to have authority. He wants us to act on the behalf of him. Amen? Bring about change wherever God sends you, wherever God sends you, wherever he sends you, that he wants you to affect change. Yes, yes. Wherever you go, wherever you go, wherever you go, Wherever you go, you take authority where you are. That God-given authority. Because God is about change. God is about change. Like Christians, we can't take a day off. Like you never take a day off of being a believer. You have to believe all the time. Imagine if God takes a day off. I know, just saying, six days he made the, the world, and the seventh day he rested. Right? But it's, that's not the same. God never stops looking over us. God doesn't take a day off. Amen. So as Christians, we can't forget, wake up one day and say, oh, that's right, I'm a Christian. You know, like, no, every day we have to be believed. Every day we should be about change. I'm not, this shouldn't sound churchy or, or preachy to this, like, real life stuff. Like, we should be about change wherever we go. Is anybody with me this morning? Amen. So it's about change. So here, so Jesus now, he gets off the boat, right? He's in Gadara. And as soon as he gets off the boat, so he, he over, they overcame the, the storm. Now he's, he gets off the boat in Gadara. Immediately, he gets greeted by a demon. So there's a storm. There's a man. So there was demons inside of, of this man. And apparently this man didn't look very attractive, right? Because, first of all, he was naked. I mean, so just, I know, I know we're at church, but it's the Bible says, it's the Bible tells us that he was, he was naked, right? So just imagine, you no, know, he's come to Jesus. <laughs> just... <laughs> Right? He's just, I mean, so he don't look that attractive. He's, you know, so, um, so here's Jesus get greeted by this naked man. <laughs> right? So, 
And so, um, so Jesus, so there's this conversation that, that takes place. I mean, first of all, this, this, this man was tormented by these demons for a long time, it says. So this man was in shackles. This, this man was in, in chains. And he, he lived in the wilderness, right? So here's this interaction with, with Jesus. And, you know, Jesus asked the, the, the man, like, what's, what's your name? You know, so he said Legion. Now, now, Legion is not the name of the demons. It was multiple demons. It's multiple demons. Right? So it's, it's a legion means an army. The army of demons was inside of one man. One man. So this man must have been important. This one man must have been important enough, first of all, for Jesus, right, to go through a storm to get to him. So God wants me to tell you that you are important. What storm does Jesus have to go through to get to you? Jesus cares so much about this man, he went through a storm to get to him. He said, the disciples said, come on, come on, guys. Hey, come on, come on, come on. Let's cross to the other side. There's a new assignment. There's a new territory. There's something that we have to do. There's someone we have to get to. So as soon, immediately when he got off the boat, he was greeted by this man who was possessed with demons for a long time, who was, who was in shackles, who was, who was chained up for years, right, who didn't, didn't uh, have any expectations, right? Didn't have no, didn't have any future, amen? But Jesus had this confrontation with this man, right? And they said, no more shackles, no more chains, right? I came to get you. I had to go through a storm to get to you. So what storm did Jesus have to go through to get to you? He is telling someone here today, I came to get you, and today is the day you are set free. There are no more shackles. There are no more shackles. There are no more chains. Amen. So Jesus came all the way, all through a storm to get to you, to get to you. Do you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear the shackles falling? Can you hear the chains falling? I can hear it. I can hear it right now. I believe right this moment, right now, people are being set free right now, being set free right now. Oh, you've been tormented for a long time by your past, by how people treated you, what they thought about you. But, oh, God is saying right now you are being set free. I can hear chains falling right now in Jesus' name. They are falling right now. Oh, you are that person that I called you to be. You are who God's called you to be right now. Oh, you are set free. You are no longer your past, right? You will never be identified as your past any longer. The chains are falling. The chains are falling right now. I can hear it. Can you hear it? You got to hear what your spiritual ears. Can you hear it? I can hear even the people that are online with it. I can hear the chains falling off of you right now. You are set free to be the person that God called you to be right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, this is not regular church. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? 
Oh, man, some of you got to catch up with us. Amen. So Jesus came all the way there to get to this man, to get to this man, to get to this man. So this man must have been important. God is saying that you are important. You are important. So you are under attack for a reason. You are under attack for a reason. See, the devil is not after you. He is after your territory. He is after your influence. <laughs> he is after your influence. He is after your destiny. Because wherever God sends you, he called you to affect change. That's what he is after. He's at, so he said, I'm going to meet you at your territory. Because it, so it, it's, it's okay to stay in the same season that you're in. But immediately when you say yes to God and go step into the new territory, you'll be greeted by the, by the enemy. So oh, it's like, man, this is life. Like, God, I can't get a break. So you go through a storm first. Right? Then you get past the storm and you start to celebrate. Say, praise God, I got through the storm. I took authority over the storm. All of a sudden you walk into that new territory. Now you get hit by the enemy. Yes. So, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, what's going on? So sometimes our minds, we think the opposite. We think like God's just like picking on us or, or life is just picking on us. No, you are important. Because they weren't important, right? Uh, the enemy wants in a storm and he wouldn't, he wouldn't be in the territory to greet you. So you must be important. So if you're going through rough times right now, if you're going through challenging times right now, you've got to say to yourself, man, I must be important. Say it to yourself. Say it to yourself. I must be important. Because the call that God has on your life, the call that God has on your life is important. Your destiny is important because where God's going to send you or where you are right now, is to affect change. If you are a leader in this church, God's called you to this territory to affect change, to affect change. The anointing is going to rise up out of you. The anointing is going to rise up out of you, and it's going to change what's around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you got to tell the enemy right now, I'm not going down without a fight. I'm not going down without a fight. Amen? Because I'm going to show you how we fight our battles. Yeah. I'm going to show you how, because when, when you think that you are surrounded, you got to say, praise God, God, I'm surrounded by you. Yeah. I'm surrounded by you. Because as soon as you think that the enemy has you cornered, right, you don't know the, your way out, and say, God, I know you have me. Because you called me to this place. You've called me to this moment. You've called me before I was even born. Amen. You've called me to this territory, so I know that you're going to use me to affect change. Come on, somebody better give him a shout in this place because you're that important. You're that important. Amen. But the enemy will harass you. <laughs> Amen. But don't let him steal your territory. You have to know who you're dealing with. I, I thank God that he uses me, right? to deal with different type of people. That's why I'm not easily offended at, at anyone I, because he uses me how to deal with different people, right? 
so I, so I know how to deal with you. But when I don't, I ask him, help me deal with Pastor Lewis. I mean, no. It's that, something, something came. And I didn't know what. <laughs> That's my brother. So I, I thank God that he uses me, um, you know, how, you know, teaches me how to deal with d- different people. So I know, so I know how to handle s- certain things, right? And then when I don't, I ask him, "Help me, help me handle this. Help me handle this person. This person is a little different, but so am I, right?" So God gives you, I mean, when you walk in authority, right, God would, God would give you opportunities to use that authority no matter what situation that you're in. Say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm given authority by, by God right now, so I know that I will affect change in this moment right now. So don't let the enemy steal your territory. Too many people give our territory, give your territory over to the enemy. You go to work, and when people, you know, have, you know, the coworkers have a bad day, they want you to have a bad day too. No, I'm not giving you my territory. I'm coming in this place to affect change. If I can't change your attitude, you know what I do? I anoint my office, and I sneak and I anoint yours too. Right? Right? Because the Holy Spirit is going to catch up soon, right? Holy Spirit is going to change the situation soon, right? So I rely on the Holy Spirit. If I can't do it at that moment, this is how I uh, take authority over. I'm anoint the office. I anoint everything. I anoint everything. Amen. You come, you come to church, and sometimes you wonder why people come to church with the attitude that they have. Like, why? I mean, it's supposed to be a safe place. I don't know why this attitude. You just take some anointing or just say, you know what? God's given me authority over this situation. Let me throw some oil on you. Amen. Holy Spirit will take care of this. That's how you take some authority. Don't give the enemy your territory. I'm not going to give in to your bad attitude. I'm not going to give in to your complaints. Amen. I'm going to throw some oil on it. I'm going to take authority over it. Amen. I know you're different, but so am I. I know you're different, but so am I. God calls us to be different. He calls us to take authority over situations. Amen. Over any demon. Anything that tries to impede against, right, our promises. So two things Satan used to steal your territory. Don't give in. Don't don't let the enemy steal your territory. But two ways that he, I noticed that he does this, right? Satan uses the fear of the unknown. Because some of us won't get in the boat, right? Because we don't want to go through the storm. Because we don't know what's on the other side. So he uses fear of the unknown, that God's calling us, right, to, to a new journey, a new assignment. And we're like, oh, I don't know. You see those waves out there? Why would I get in the boat and go to the other side? Why, why would I do that when it looked crazy, right? Because we love comfort. We we crave comfort. That's not what Christ is about. 
he will always put us in an uncomfortable situation. Situation. Just think about the disciples in the boat, just in your mind. Just picture it in your, in your mind. Think about when they ride in the boat, right, in, in the boat, and, and the waves are just blowing like crazy. Just think about it in your mind. That's our lives. That's our lives. At times when God is using us, when God wants to use us, send us to a new territory, that's where your life will be like. You, so we can't crave comfort. We have to get used to the unfamiliar. We have to walk in the unfamiliar. Amen? And so we can't, so we, we, so we crave, so we, we have the fear of the unknown. Amen? And so this is when the, the enemy comes and deceives our minds. Right? He uses fear as a major weapon to cripple our faith. Amen? And so, but the unknown is a place where your faith is stretched and, and courage is tested. Just like Abraham, right? God told Abraham to pack up, take your family, and go to a new land. A land that I will let you know. A place where I will let you know. But he told him, he gave him some things that he's going to do. He said, I'm going to make your name great. You'll be a father of many nations. But he didn't give him a lot of details. He didn't give him a lot of details. But Abraham was, was required to just go. Go, and God would do the rest. Sometimes just go, and God would do the rest. For some people, just go, and God would do, do the rest. You have, to, you, have to be, you have to be comfortable with the uncom- being uncomfortable. Amen? But see, what, so God promised Abraham that he would make his name great. So God was sending him, so God was blessing Abraham. He said, I'm, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless those who, are, who blesses you. That means I'm going to bless those who follows me. Right? And so through Abraham, God's blessing us. Amen? So we have to get used to the unknown. So the enemy uses fear of the unknown. And, and, and then God uses the lack of spiritual understanding. I mean, Satan used the lack of spiritual understanding. The lack of spiritual understanding. The lack of spiritual understanding. If you lack spiritual authority, uh, understanding, you will lack spiritual authority. Oh, I say it again. If you lack spiritual understanding, you will lack spiritual authority. Because you won't know what you have. Right? So I, re- I remember flying recently and um, you know, they, the plane, the airline was offering platinum uh, flyer, you know, uh, platinum something, platinum membership, right? And so I remember, you know, we had this in the past, but the way they were, like, describing um, just the privileges as a platinum member was, like, fascinating. I was like, wow, so you get this? You get that? They were talking about round-trip tickets to Hawaii, oh my goodness, I was just like, I was sold. They, they were talking about how first class seats, right? They're giving you all these points. And, and, you know, they were talking about how this been uh, a part of their policy for a while. So I'm reading through it and listening to the way that the lady was, was saying it. I was just like, well, I didn't know. I didn't know that they offer that. 
oh my goodness, like I want to be a part of that. I just, I just didn't know, right? And sometimes that's how we live our life, lives as believers, right? We don't know the privileges that we have as believers. Especially when you don't pick up your Bible and you don't read it and you don't spend time with God, you don't know the privileges that you have. And so if you don't know the privileges that you have, right, you can't take authority. You can't take authority because you don't, you don't know. Sometimes we are sitting in a pile of wealth and we don't know. All these things that the Lord offers us are just waiting for us to take authority. Amen. Places that God sends us. He says, you know where you're sitting in a pile of wealth. Use your wealth. Use the wealth that you have. See, Paul talks about family privileges that we have as believers. He talks about it in Ephesians 1, verse 17 through 21. He says that, that, the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may, may give to you the spirit of wisdom in revelation in the knowledge of him. I love this part. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion which means territory and every name that is named not only this age but also in which is to come so paul put it so beautifully right he's saying look we all have family privileges look at the privileges that we have do you know what you're sitting in right now he said you he said i pray I pray that, uh, that the eyes, uh, your eyes will be enlightened, right? The eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. So the, uh, it means to illuminate with divine knowledge and truth. That you will open your eyes, not your physical eyes, but the eyes of your heart. That you will know, that you will know what God has to offer for you because it would determine your authority. It would determine your authority. Are you with me? So to enlighten your eyes of your understanding means to illuminate with divine knowledge and truth. It is confidently knowing from within our spirits. It's a knowing with no doubt it is a spiritual understanding that enables us to see what's beneath the surface. It is an understanding that enables us to comprehend God's internal truth with certainty. Amen? So what does Jesus want us to see? He wants us to see his riches and his glory. Do you know that you are rich? Do you know that you are rich? 
with internal glory, not just internal glory, right? But for here on, on earth, there's some, some things that God wants us to experience, right? So God is storing up some things for us internally, but he has some things for us here as, as well. Right, his, right, because it says, so God, God, um, God wants us to see his riches in his glory, and he wants us to see his power. He wants us to see where he is seated. He wants us to see his position, right, because we know his position, we know our position seated right next, he is seated right next to uh, God, and we are seated right next to Christ. Amen? So this is how you take authority, Right. Knowing. Right. Uh, having that understanding of who God is. Right. And who we are in Christ is how we take authority. We have to understand we have to see his riches and his glory. We have to see right where he is seated. Right? Amen. Like he's never. So Christ is never going to change his seat. God's never going to forget how to be God. We must have that understanding of who God is. See, the enemy gets afraid of us, right, when we remember who we are in Christ. That's the only time. So he, the enemy, will go to church with you. Matter of fact, he will pick you up, right? He'll have a conversation with you along the way, right? Uh, he will offer you some worldly things. It doesn't matter. He'll come to church with you. He will watch you praise God. Right? Because if you go back to the, to the text, when, when Jesus first met the demon, what did the first thing the demon did? He fell down and he worshipped Jesus. But something was wrong with the worship. Something was wrong with the worship. Amen? So the enemy doesn't matter if you come to church and you worship God. Right? It doesn't matter. As long as you leave here the same way you came in. Once you start believing that you are a child of God and you start walking in that, you start walking in your authority, amen, that's when you get afraid. That's when you get afraid. That's when you get afraid. See, God, so the enemy doesn't care about spectators. He cares only about participants. So you can come to church and you can spectate, right? You know how some of us guys did back in the day, like you, when you didn't know how to dance, right? You go to the club, you didn't know how to dance. So what you do? You just hang on the wall. You just hang on the wall. You watch everybody else dance, right? You just think you do, you're just standing up there looking, looking cool or whatever, but really you just don't know how to dance. But you see everybody else, right? You see everybody else, right, participating. That's what church is sometimes. That's what believers are sometimes. Sometimes they come to church and they just spectate. They'll watch you worship, right? Right? They watch you worship. They'll just, they just sit there just like they watch. They wouldn't tell you what you wore last week. I remember that bracelet you had on last week. I love that. Um, you, you know, so so they'll they just sit there and they spectate. But those who participate, those who participate, those are the ones who affect change. So the enemy is just like, no, 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 no. Let me send a storm. Let me greet them in their territory. No, 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 because they are about to uh, 
to, to bring about change. Amen? Amen. So God, God wants participants in church because participants know how to change some things. Participants know how to take authority over some things. Amen? So participants know how to worship know how to worship. You know, the worship we just had, we had a bunch of participants in there, right? So it was pulling out the anointing from the worship leaders. Amen. 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 So some of you doing it right now, participating, pulling out the anointing that God's placed on my life. Amen. So it's just like, so participants changes things, changes atmospheres. Amen. Come on, participant. God wants us to participate, to participate in what he is doing. Amen. And we know that he's present, but are you present in his presence? We need to participate. It's like, God, come on, we, we know what you have for us, or we know what we're sitting in, amen? So we're going to take authority over our situations. We're going to take authority over our territories right now. Do I have any participators in this church this morning? We have to know who we are in Christ. In closing, in closing, what happens? What happens when we use our authority? I love this part here. This sounds better with a little music. (laughs) No, deep down in my heart, deep in my heart, I really want to be a singer rather than a preacher. But God said, no, you stay, stay in your lane. So sometimes it's the singer that's coming out of me. But this, this, is, this is powerful here in this text. This is really, really powerful. I want to leave you with this. It's so powerful. We have to get this. We have to get this. So when Jesus healed the man, the Bible says the city came out to see Jesus. When Jesus healed the man, the legion of demons, for years, they saw this man one way for years. All of a sudden, he was healed. He said the city came out to see Jesus. So Jesus went through a storm to get to the man because he knew he would get the territory. So when Jesus transformed the man, the city came out to see Jesus. The city came out to see Jesus. See, that's not regular church. Can you imagine if we bring about change People see you one way, you come to church, and you get changed. The city will witness that. That's real church. When people of Christ, who say that they love God, who've given their lives to Christ, bring about change, it impacts the city. When you change, the city will too. When you change, your territory will too. When you change, your family will too. When you change, your co-workers will too. 
when you change, it impacts your territory. The city came out to see Jesus when Jesus changed the man. The city came out when Jesus changed the man. So if we are participants, we are serious about the things of the Lord. We come to church and we demand change. So when you go back out, the people around you will see change. Will see change. Do I have any participants in this place today? See, God has given us spiritual authority. But you got to know that you have it. You have to participate in it. You have to take authority everywhere that you go. You have to know that you have that authority to change wherever you are. You have to know that you have that authority wherever you go. And you have to use it. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 18, it says that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. That's how we take authority. We, when we are in agreement with heaven, whatever we bind here will be bound in heaven. Heaven is saying, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Give it to me. I cast it out altogether. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Amen? So we just say, Satan, I bind you off my body. We come against any sickness and disease. You try to torment people for years. You've been tormenting people for years. I come against oppression. I come against depression right now. I bind it right now and I loose the peace of God over them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I bind Satan, you off of families right now, marriages right now. I bind them. I bind you off of them right now. Stop trying to torment them. Stop trying to confuse them. Rather, this person, are they from me or are they, or are they not from me? No, 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 no. God has knitted them together. The word says, when God has, has a break brought together, no man put us under. So I loose your destiny, their destiny over their marriages right now. I loose your peace over their marriages right now, Lord God. I pray that you give them vision right now. Loose vision over marriages right now. I pray that they vision how, how what you call them to, to be like right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I bind Satan's plan to just try to destroy their marriages right now in the name of Jesus. Because we know that marriage is for you, God. No more. No more in this church. There will, no, there will be no divorce in this church. Hallelujah. There will be no separation in this church. Hallelujah. I lose God's peace. I lose God's joy. I pray that you will have joy. I speak it. You will have joy with your spouse right now. In Jesus' name. I, you, will, you will see your spouse in a new light right now in Jesus' name. For those who desire for that companion, that, that, that desire a spouse in the future right now, I bind negative thoughts right now, Lord God, of the past, of the past mistakes, failed relationships. I bind it right now, Lord God, and I loose their future person right now in Jesus' name. 
I lose that. I pray that you would set them free, Lord God, to, to desire that spouse. It's okay to desire that, that spouse, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yes. That's how you take authority. You bind things and you loose things. And heaven is in agreement with you. Heaven is in agreement with you. Heaven is in agreement with you. I bind, as we talked about last week, I bind negative words that's spoken over, over you right now. Shackles are off of you. Yes, shackles are gone. They're gone. The shackles of the past is gone. The shackles of the past is gone. Those words that's trying to, that's been tormenting you for years, they're gone. They're lifted off of you right now in Jesus' name. You're not that person any longer. You are set free. God's excited about your future plans. He's excited. Although you may be going through a storm right now, he's excited. He said, wait until we get to the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are set free right now in Jesus' name. Those words will no longer torment you. They'll be gone from your mind, gone from your heart, gone right now in Jesus' name. Gone, gone right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship team to come back up, and I want us to to play that song to fight fight our battles. Do we still have a drummer? Fight it with fear. We don't fight it with doubt. We fight it with worship. Come on, sing it out.
thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.